Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. It is. That I can confirm. It is not with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, though. This is Rami Makhlouf. Rami show coming up at three, but this here, not the Rami show. I must remind you of that. I asked, I was like, should I just start the Rami show early and hit that open? They were like, no, no, do not do that. This is Sparky's Midday Madness. Weekdays two to three with guest host Rami Makhlouf in for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Going to talk some bucks with you in just one second. Also, the Brewers are sort of resetting opening day, so we figured let's let's reset expectations. Talk some Brewers with you coming up at 2.30. Later in the Rami show, different show, completely different show. We're going to talk about the Bucks' three-point shooting problems. Ryan Horvat, our guy from BetGM, he's going to join us at about 3.45 with thoughts on this series and ways for you to make money over the weekend. If you missed Don Nelson on the Wendy's Big Show... It's coming your way at 445, and you don't want to miss it again. That is a really, really, really cool dude. But you know where we start the afternoon today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's where we start the afternoon today. We start the afternoon sexy today. By the way, speaking of sexy, you hear this voice? You hear this voice, Toby, on the other side of the glass? You hear this voice, Sam? You hear this? Full boom. Listen to this. Listen to the golden tones of Rami Makhlouf over Eddie J. Lemberger. Come on, let's sing it together, guys, because I can that's right. Got my voice back. I got two producers on. Sing it, Toby. We find extreme virtuosity, a supernatural, unflappable command of stealth, power, strength. This whole wide world believes in us. Shop, Toby. I love my Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah, we love our Milwaukee Bucks. Game two tonight. I want your predictions on Sparky's Midday Madness at 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250AMTheFan and tell me what should they do different. 414-799-1250 or tweet the show at 1250AMTheFan. I kid, but you guys have no idea how relieved I am that my voice is back today. I was starting to think... I had done some real, like, permanent damage, and this is the moneymaker right here. This is this 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 voice of mine is the moneymaker. I, I do this. I go out and I do comedy at night. I lose this voice, guys, and it's over for this guy. I don't. I have no other talents whatsoever. So thank you, God, or whatever power is up there that this voice is back, and I'm back in action, baby. And I want to hear from you at 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250-AM-THE-FAN. Give me your prediction and tell me what the Bucks need to do different in this game and moving forward in this series. Obviously, more shots got to fall. And we're going to talk about 
Shots falling coming up in in the 3 o'clock hour on the Rami show. Different show, not this show. Obviously, they need to rebound better. But those are those are just things that, like, those those are, I mean, shots falling to some degree. There's some luck involved with that and also just finding the stroke and getting hot and getting some confidence. And rebounding, the way that they got out rebounding in game one, that's just effort, man. And rebounding is often just effort and want to. But as far as decisions that could be made, as far as things that they can consciously do better in this series and do differently, and starting tonight, I want more Bobby Bobby Portis. I want more Bryn Forbes. I want less Pat Connaughton. And maybe just a little bit less P.J. Tucker. And that's no disrespect to P.J. Tucker by any means. We're not here if not for P.J. Tucker. We're not even talking about the Eastern Conference Finals, if not for P.J. Tucker and him making things difficult for Kevin for Kevin Durant. He's Kevin Durant again. He's not just Kevin. And, and, and keeping a superhuman performance at just that, not like something we had never seen before. If P.J. Tucker doesn't make things a little bit more difficult for Kevin Durant, then we got problems, guys. We're not here. But it's, it's a matter of matchups and what you need. And right now, what you need is more Bobby Portis, more Bryn Forbes, a little bit less Pat Connaughton, a little bit less P.J. Tucker, and for the love of God, let me not see Jeff Teague out there on the court for the remainder of the Eastern Conference Finals or just the rest of this season. I'm, I, I don't mean to disrespect the dude at all. Benches tighten up, rotations shorten up in the playoffs for every team, every year. Shouldn't be going more than eight deep, maybe not even more than seven deep. And Jeff Teague is not one of your top seven or eight players. I get you need guards. We find a, find a way, find a way to work the guard rotation so that Jeff Teague does not have to get out there and get cooked by Trey Young again. And if he does have to go out there, for the love of God, don't leave that dude on an island with Trey Young. Did you guys hear how bad it was? I know we saw it with our eyes, but like I saw then I saw it in black and white, laid out by Eric Name in his article about. What happened when you tried to put uh, uh, Jeff Teague on Trey Young? It was it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Don't do that again, please. If there's one adjustment you make, Coach Bud, let it be that Jeff Teague is not covering. Oh yeah, we're calling him Rayford. He's not Trey Young anymore, guys. In case you're just tuning in today, he's now just Rayford. Got to humanize this dude. Way too big for his britches. I mean, I like it. I like watching Trey Young play, but for the purposes of this series, we got to bring him down to earth, and he's just Rayford. So less Pat, no Jeff Teague, a little bit less PJ, more Bobby, more Bryn is what I want to see as far as rotations and minutes. That's one thing that they could do that they could do different. Giannis sh- should be around the rim and and not bringing the ball up about ninety percent of the time. From what I see, guys, they had zero answers for Giannis around the rim. And especially when they were working the pick and roll right and Giannis was just crashing towards the hoop. They had zero answers whatsoever for Giannis. He was doing what he said he wants to do every time last year to Eric name and dunking on MFers. And I I don't think they haven't. Dude, Giannis could have in this series a 50-point game, 50-plus point game. I really believe that. He could have a signature playoff performance 
be and and outdo what Trey Young did in game one because I think he has that much of an advantage inside and around that hoop. Keep Giannis around the basket. And I, he's going to bring the ball up sometimes, and that's fine. That's fine. When Giannis gets on the move and it's in transition, and he does that thing where it's like two steps from, from half court to the hoop, and he just rock, 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 just rocks it, it's awesome, and it's great. And, and it gets the crowd going, and I'm sure it gets his guys pumped up and, and ready to go. But more times than not, Giannis sh- should not be the guy bringing up the basketball. Let Drew do that. Let Chris do that. Let some of these other guys bring the basketball up. Keep Giannis around the rim and just dominating in the paint. They will not lose this series if they do that. That one thing. Of all these things I'm saying they should do. If they keep Giannis around the rim and dominating the paint, they win this series. And can we please, please, please for the love of God, do two things when it comes to Rayford. Please, can we do two things when it comes to Rayford? Put Drew Holiday on him all day long. Just say that's your guy. Go get him. Whenever you two are on the court, that's your guy. There are no questions. There's no flipping. There's no switching. There's no sagging. And Rayford is gonna Rayford's gonna get the best of Drew a few times. It's gonna happen. That's fine. If Rayford wins a few battles, but Drew and the Bucks win the war, so be it. But that's that's kind of part of the reason you brought this dude here. I don't know that you had Trey Young in mind when when you brought when when you brought uh Drew Holiday here, but we heard defensive stopper. We heard we heard people pulling out quotes from Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Dame Lillard and other Bucks greats saying, man, this this guy might be the best defender in the league. And Drew Holiday. And there is no reason that when you go out and get that guy to change your roster to be a difference maker, that you're now facing the best, the hot, I can't say the best, the hottest player remaining, the hottest guy left standing in these NBA playoffs, and Drew Holiday is not sticking him one-on-one. Well, you know what? Not even one-on-one because that's the other thing I'd like to see Coach Bud do. And we talked with Zach Harper a few days ago on the show, and I brought up, I, I kind of complimented Coach Bud to Zach, Zach Harper of The Athletic, and said, you know, he did make that adjustment. And Giannis gave him, gave him credit for making that adjustment of, of making, making Giannis the help guy from about mid-third quarter on in that game seven all the way through overtime, which had him rolling over to, to Kevin Durant a lot and making things difficult for Kevin Durant. And I brought that up to Zach, and he goes, yeah, well, how about double-teaming that guy or, or making Giannis the help guy and rolling help to Kevin Durant for seven games. Why'd you wait till halfway through the third quarter of game seven to do that? Can we please not do this again, Coach Bud? Can we please not? You see you see what Rayford did in game one. You saw what Rayford did in game one to you. Please don't let him put up another 40-plus point game or two before you go, you know what? Maybe double-team that guy. Please, for the love of God, put Drew on him. And when necessary, get somebody else over there too and give Drew some help. I mentioned before what happened when when you had uh, Jeff Teague on, on on Rayford there in the second quarter. I just found the the play by play breakdown of it. So Trey Young returns to the floor mid second quarter, following a missed floater by Teague. Giannis picks up the loose ball. He picks up a loose ball foul, excuse me, attempting to tip in the rebound. 
Boonholzer quickly motions for Drew Holiday to come out to return to the game. I was thinking, and Eric Name said in his article at The Athletic covering the Bucks, he was thinking that Drew was coming out to stick Trey Young. But when Holiday gets out there, Teague didn't go back to the bench. Instead, Pat Connaughton went back to the bench. And when Rayford brings the ball up the court, it wasn't Drew Holiday on him. Instead, it's Jeff Teague, near half court. And these are the next five possessions. Young uses four of those Hawks possessions to hit a floater, commits one turnover, makes a step back three, and then steps into another three while Teague tried to go underneath a screen. And in just over 90 seconds, Young scores eight points and shrinks the Bucks' lead from 11 points to four points. In 90 seconds, guys, Rayford took an 11-point lead, smacked Jeff Teague around, and whittled it all the way down to a four-point lead. Let's not see Jeff Teague on him again. Let's see lots of Drew Holiday, and let's get Drew Holiday some help. Because if you stop Rayford, or even slow down Rayford, tell me who else on the Hawks is going to beat you. Nobody. To quote the Harbaugh's. No, you guys remember that? Nobody. Nobody on the Hawks is going to beat the Bucks. If you slow down Rayford, I'll tell you that right now, because he's not only their best scorer, he's their best, he's their best. Everything happens through him. He assisted or scored on 80 of their 108 points that they scored in game one. Did you hear what I just said? Rayford assisted or scored on 80 of the 108 points that Atlanta scored in game one. That is ridiculous. You got to do something different. And that's something different is a heavy, heavy dose of Drew Holiday and double teams. That's what I would do different starting tonight in game two of the Eastern Conference Finals moving forward in this series. What would you do different, and what's your prediction for tonight? And if your prediction for the series has changed, I'm here for that too. 414-799-1250. Tweet Sparky's Midday Madness at 1250 AM. The fan, Rami, in for Sparky and back right after this. Great offensive player. You know, he's a great passer. Great shooter. So, you know, when it comes with that, and he's quick, you know, he can shoot it, he can drive, he can pass, he can he can do a lot of things. So I think the way to stop him is probably with physicality. You know, Drew's a very physical defender. Um, I know last game we had some trouble with the pick and roll, but I think we're going to change some things to, to try and uh, slow that down. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about changing up the looks. Um, and I think we just, we, you know, we probably got to do more. Um, but and I think he got to the free throw line. Young got to the free throw line in the second half. Um, you know, I think eight free throws. And, and I think, you know, maybe we got a little bit better um, defensively. But um, we're going to have to get a lot better going into game two. So, um, and I think throwing, him different, uh, throwing Young different looks is going to be important. Brent Forbes and Coach Bud talking about how you slow down Rayford. It's the Rami Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. That song is perfect for today, man. I can't imagine. Tim was talking about this. We're going to get to your calls in just one second, asking for your predictions, game two, predictions for the series, if those have changed, and what would you do different, 414-799-1250, or tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. I know if I didn't do what what I do for a living, which is come here and talk about how cool Milwaukee is going to be today, I would be out just experiencing how cool Milwaukee is today. I would. There's no way I would be going into the office if I didn't have this job 
when there is a game at Miller Park on reopening day. And we're going to talk some brewers with you coming up at 2.30. And then I just hop on an Uber or a shuttle right down to the Deer District for game two of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. There's, there's no way that that's not what I'm doing today if I'm not sitting in this chair talking into a microphone. Absolutely no way. And I hope that's, that's what you're doing. And you have the Rami Show and 12.50 AM The Fan turned up loud on your radio or there on your Odyssey app. What would you do differently here moving forward? And give me your predictions, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet the Rami Show at 1250 AM, the fan. Let's go out to the phones and go out to Brett. You're on the Rami Show. What's up, Brett? Hey, Rami, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, my friend. Very happy Friday for Milwaukee. Let's get it done. 100%, yep. So uh, the biggest things I want to see is I want to see more Giannis at the five. Uh, That lineup has been working really well. Um, I'm right there with you. I want more Bobby. Bobby Portis was uh, was an electric shock in the uh, in, in the first game. So uh, get him in the rotation as soon as possible. Um, yeah, less pad as well would definitely be helpful. Um, but tonight, uh, Rami, do you know what a a basketball equivalent of roll out the helmets is? Because I don't. Don't do that. Don't do that, Brett. You're saying that you're saying. Now I'm I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with you. On the drive here. I did, you know, sometimes like a, a good feeling about something, it could be a game. It could be something going on in your life. Like a good feeling will just like strike you. It'll be just, it'll, it's like in your gut or in your heart or like a light bulb goes off in your head. I will say on the drive to work today, I did spontaneously get a real good feeling about this game tonight, but Brett, I'm not going to sit here and say this is the equivalent of a roll out the helmets game, whatever that is, roll out the sneakers. I don't know what you roll out in the basketball, but that that doesn't make sense. I don't know what you roll out, but this, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals, man. And yesterday, I, I was. Know, I know that, Rami. I, I know that. But I, this team is gonna. This team's gonna come in pissed, and I, I, I really, I feel really good about this one. I woke up feeling good, and that mood hasn't changed. I, I, I called you on Wednesday and told you that I think that we're gonna gentlemen sweep these guys. And I think we're going to get one on them today. I I really don't see this game being won by less than ten points. All right. I hope I hope you're right, Brett. I hope you're right. I do too. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Have a good- I and hey, I'm not moving off my prediction of I said Bucks and five when this thing started. I'm not moving off that. So I got them winning tonight. But I'm just. We talked about this yesterday. We all might have. Look, overlook this this Hawks team and underrated this Hawks team. I think we have. Th- I'm not. I don't. I'm not overreacting to one game. I just. I just kind of. After they won Game One, I looked back and and looked at their their path to get here, their route to get here, and that's a team that's been playing really good basketball for quite some time now. I mentioned this yesterday, but since Nate McMillan was installed on March first. The Hawks are the best team in the Eastern Conference in wins and in win percentage. And Trey Young now has at least 20 points and seven assists in 13 consecutive games. And he is he is the hottest player left standing in these NBA playoffs. So I'm 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 done taking these dudes lightly. I'm not counting on any easy wins moving forward. I think the Bucs are the better team, and they should win the next four games and dispose of this Hawks team. But I don't think anything is going to come easy. Yesterday, I had Dennis Krause on from Spectrum One. Go and listen to that on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or at 1250amthefan.com. And he said he thinks this Hawks team is is better and presents more of a challenge than the version of the Nets that we saw with the injuries to Kyrie and a one-legged James Harden. So 
I, I hope Brett's right. And if that's that's what he's feeling and he feels the need to voice it, by all means, go ahead, man. But I'm just telling you twice, twice, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, when I worked with him on the Wendy's Big Show, declared a Packers game a roll out the helmets week. And both times they lost. <laughs> they lost. And Gary and Leroy were like, you need to stop that mess right now. This roll out the helmets mess stops right now on the Wendy's Big. And I don't know if Sparky's done it again. I just know when I worked with him, I forget who it was. One time it was a really bad Colts team that he said roll out the helmets and they beat the Packers. It might have been Detroit the other time. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, no, I, I don't feel, and not to say that I'll never step out on that limb and predict a blowout. I'm just saying not against this Hawks team, not in this series. They're better than we thought guys. And, and they got fight, like whatever you want to say about them, they got fight and they got gusto. And another thing Dennis Krause said yesterday was that they just don't know any better, man. These are a bunch of kids just out there having fun. And they don't, they don't even, they, I mean, on some level, they do understand that they're shocking the world with two straight upsets already, winning game one at home twice already on their way here against New York and against Philadelphia. They know they're shocking the world, but I don't know that they, they, under, they understand the, the size of the moment to, to feel the pressure. You know what I mean? They're just too young and just don't know any better and are just going out there and having a good time, shimmy shaking and throwing alley-oops off the board. Ryan tweets in at 12:50 a.m. The fan and at Rami is tweeting says I want to see the Bucks make work make Young work on D game one he just stood in the corner covering Tucker he didn't have to do anything but stand there he got to rest on defense they're gonna they're gonna do that they're gonna put they're gonna put Trey Young on the on the guy who needs the least amount of defense because he's banged up and and they don't want him exerting energy on that side of the floor so I don't I don't. I'm sure there are things you can throw at him to change that, but you're gonna be hard pressed to make to make Trey Young, God, to make Rayford. Actually, Sam had a proposal. Sam, what'd you want to call him? Just Ray Young. Isn't Rayford better? I like just Rayford. Well, like with Kevin, you could still kind of tell that we were talking about Kevin. If we just don't go Rayford, and I'm like tuning in and all that, I don't know who. Rayford yeah, if you're is. just tuning in, you might not know. But I think you like, pick up on it. You pick up on the context, don't does, you? Does Ray Young really sound that imposing? No, no. I just don't even like including the last name. I just want one. I just want one. How about just Ray. Just Ray. But do people know that? Ray, do people know that Ray is his name? People are still not. We're still gonna have the I same. I didn't know problem. Rayford was until yesterday. I didn't either, and I like it. That that seems like a name that you run away from. You know, what, you know what I mean? That seems like a name. Like I've, what was Chipper Jones' name? And people found out, and they started chanting it when he would go on on the road, and he absolutely hated it. I forgot what it was. Chipper Jones hated his actual name, and people would chant it when he went on the road. And I got a feeling Rayford. I haven't heard this anywhere. This is just another. Oh. This is just another gut feeling. I have a feeling Rayford is a name that that Trey wants nothing to do with. Larry Wayne Jones. Yeah, it was Larry, and people would chant when he would go on the road. Larry, Larry, try chanting Rayford tonight. Let's see if we get under his skin. Or just if, like, if you're out there at the Pfizer Forum. Hey Ray, or or just try cheering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would actually be really nice if y'all if y'all could do that. Great, yeah, just we try, could pump some noise in from like, Deer District. Try, you know, getting out of your seats, scream a little bit, maybe sound like I did earlier this week. By the time you walk out of the Pfizer Forum tonight, 
But I, I, I also I said yesterday on the show, in fairness to the fans that were in the Pfizer form, I said this to Bart, you can't expect the fans to get the ball rolling as far as energy and excitement in, inside of a building. That has to start on the court. And then it just sort of feeds into itself. I was thinking about this last night. That would be like that would be like me going to one of my stand-up shows, Sam, and just expecting the crowd to start laughing before I say one word. Like expecting the Pfizer form crowd to be up and and like like at at 10, like just to be at 10 right oh. out of the gates with nothing to be excited about when you came out and treated it like a regular season game, that's unfair. It's unfair to ask that of the Pfizer form people. Isn't it? Well, I was looking to it, Tim, is that there's tickets still available too. I mean, I know. It, For tonight? Oh, yeah. For a playoff game? Yep. Are they cheap? No. Oh. Uh, lower bowl tickets are like anywhere from like 250 to 280, and then upper bowl tickets are like around 175. My buddy, uh, I think I told you this on the air, game three against Brooklyn, when they got off to that hot start, he went on one of the resale sites. I think he said it was SeatGeek. Literally, literally during after Giannis dunked and the and the building went nuts and they went to a commercial, he went on SeatGeek and bought a ticket for $45 and just went to the stadium and watched the rest of the game. So maybe something to check out tonight. They didn't pay me to tell you that. Let's go to Mike the Painter. You're on the Rami Show. What do they need to do different, Mike? They need to have Brooke Lopez meet Trey Young in the paint instead of having him back down. I don't think they need to sit Brooke because he's our rim protector. Agreed. I would like to see it later, you know, and running Giannis as the five. But I want Brooke to meet him in the in the paint, you know, and Bobby Porter's uh, playing more minutes. Less Pat, uh, Pat Connaughton, you know. I, I just want some meanness right now because – I don't. I don't like that shimmy shake. I, that still gives me a bad taste in my mouth, and I really, I really believe that they need to show them that it's a bad taste. You know. And yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. Mike, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Yep, have a good one. I don't mind the shimmy shake. I mind that he was allowed to do the shimmy shake. I, I wasn't mad at Trey Young for shimmy shake. And we're gonna get into Neither this on the Rami show, different show. This is Sparky's midday mat, right? It's not. It's no. nothing to be upset about. No, not, not but, to him. You know what I'm tired of? What? Just the word shimmy now from these past two days. <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing the word shimmy. <laughs> what do you want to call it? What do you want us to call it? I don't referencing know. it? I don't know what to his, call it. His shrug. I I mean, the shimmy is the you know correct, uh, but, I guess, term for it, but I'm just so tired of hearing that word. I've never heard it so many times now, but now it's like all I've heard the past two days. I think like every almost 15 minutes, half hour. Just but you can't give him shimmy. that kind of space. You no, can't give him that kind of room, man. I, can, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like he, if he does that, like that's on the defense. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about this this morning, and I'm, I'm, I keep on mentioning this because I'm very proud of myself for reading a book, you guys. It doesn't happen very often. I'm reading Phil Jackson's book right now. 11 Rings, his autobiography. And so I'm thinking back a lot to, like, I, I grew up in Chicago in the 90s, the glory days of the Bulls. So I'm thinking back to those teams a lot. And this wasn't mentioned in the book. I was just thinking about those teams and that run to the finals year after year. And when they ran up against Shaq or when they'd run up against dominant centers, Phil Jackson always had what, they, what we called the three-headed monster at center. And it, it took different – it was like Will Perdue and Luke Longley and Bill Cartwright, and then there, there were different guys who sort of were cycled through that three-headed monster over the years. And their only job, their only job was use all your fouls. 
Just go out there and get physical with Shaq and use all your – you're out there for fouls. You're out there, and don't let him score when you foul. Go out there and use all your fouls on that dude and and make it hard for him. Make him feel it, and that's hard to do with Shaq. And 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 make him earn every last bit of what he does out there on the court. I wouldn't mind seeing a similar approach between Drew Holiday. Now you need Drew on the court, so I don't want him doing too much crazy stuff. But man, PJ Tucker, just get out there and get physical with with Rayford. And 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 if you pick up a bunch of fouls, use all your fouls getting physical on Rayford. Same thing with Pat Connaughton. If you're going to be out there, be out there just just draped on Rayford, the entire game, the whole game. And I'm not saying do anything dirty, but this is a guy with a banged up shoulder coming into this series. And we saw him wincing a couple of times during his incredible game one, test that shoulder, get physical with this dude and make him earn every last point that he gets, make him earn every last step out there on the court that he gets and use all or close to all your fouls between the 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 trio of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, actually four guys, you can put Chris Middleton on him for for spurts too. Be all over that dude and use all your fouls. Be on the brink of foul trouble by the time this thing is over. And if PJ Tucker's fouled out, so be it. If Pat Connaughton fouls out, so be it. We can live with that. Use all your fouls against this dude and make it real hard for him. Make it re- make it a very physical basketball game for Rayford. Everyone in your starting lineup has like 100 pounds on them. I want to talk some Brewers with you before first pitch of reopening day at Miller Park. They're resetting opening day. Let's maybe reset expectations on this baseball team right after this. Sparky's Midday Madness. Rami in for Sparky. Sparky's Midday Madness. Rami Makloff in for Sparky. The Rami Show coming up at 3 o'clock. I hear good things about that Rami Show and the host. Rami, it's pretty good. This portion of Sparky's Midday Madness brought to you by Jim Dandy's South 27th Street in Oak Creek. The Jim Dandy's Concert Series continues this Saturday, June 26th with the Rhythm Kings at 6.30 p.m. No cover, all outside shows. Follow them on Facebook for the schedule. And it's back in the read. I don't know why they keep putting this in the read. In parentheses, I'm supposed to mention they are a dance band. It says that word for word, verbatim. I'm supposed to tell you guys. I'm not sure why. They never specify the kind of music that they're that's that's performing at the Jim Dandy's concert series, Sam. But for some reason, they want me to let them know that the Rhythm Kings, in and I quote, they are a dance band. Well, maybe they want you to bring your dancing shoes. That's a great point. You don't want to show up to a, a dance band concert and not have your dancing shoes. That's a great point, Sam. That's why you're my right hand man because you you bring thoughts like that to the table that I don't. I don't think of these things. I don't even have dancing shoes because nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see this guy dance. Sam, can you dance at all? No, not even a little bit. A little bit. A little car Am dance. Am I proud of it? No. I'm really good. I'm a really good car dancer. I'm a great car dancer. What does that mean? It's just from the waist up. It's oh, just, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. this. Yeah. Just I mean, this. that's really that's right. really all. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. Really all we're good. That's at. All, that's all I'm good at. Yeah. Hips down. I don't got it. These hips do absolutely lie. Although <laughs> I do sound like Shakira. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've done in my entire radio career. I don't know how I feel about being your producer and like having to listen to that here and there. I told Tim that today. I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about that. What? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? 
That's my culture, Sam. Dude, that is my that is my culture. Well, sometimes I'll just be back here minding my own business, doing my work, and then I gotta hear that just out of nowhere. I understand, but like have some That's uh, how we express joy, man. Think about others. And man. by the way, while the game is going on today, the Brewers, they start at three o'clock. If you hear this <laughs> something good happened if you hear Uh-oh. this. Something bad happened at reopening day. And I want to talk to you about this Brewers team and reopening day. 414-799-1250. You can tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Are you more or less optimistic about this Brewers team than you were on actual opening day? 414-799-1250. You can tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. And where they sit in the standings is real nice. Is real, real nice. Still in first place. Uh, by a, a tied in first place. Excuse me, I thought they had a lead on the Cubs. Cubs won last night. No hitter. Tied for first place at 42 and 33. And I'm, I said yesterday on the show, if I told you for all the problems that this team has had, injuries specifically, with Yelich missing time and Kane missing time and Wong two stints on the IL, and, and, and it goes far beyond that. On top of that, Keston Hira doesn't find his bat. And you're 42 and 33. A lot of you would. I, I'm the vast majority of you. I think would be happy with that. If I could look into my crystal ball before actual opening day and tell you we'd be sitting here on June 25th, about to fill up American Family Field for the first time, and you're 42 and 33, despite all that, you'd be real happy. You'd be real, real happy. But are your expectations higher or lower than they were when this thing kicked off? Are you more optimistic? Or less optimistic. 414-799-1250 or tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. And I might be accused of copping out on answering my own question here. But I'm I'm right where I was when the season started, but for completely different reasons. For entirely different reasons. And if you're new to the Rami show, which at the time, on actual opening day, was the Rami and Tim show, and Tim Allen will be here as soon as this one's over today for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball postgame show. Big day of broadcasting here on the station. Bart Winkler's got you covered after that Bucks game with the pick-and-save basketball postgame show. But I said when this season started, this team would win somewhere between 86 and 88 games and compete for the division, maybe even come out on top, because I thought it was kind of a weak division. That's exactly what I think about this baseball team in this division now. But... The way that they've gotten here has looked different than what I thought it was. Because when the season started, again, if you were listening, then you heard me pound this fact that the Brewers were counting on a lot of guys to bounce back from bad seasons and and do better than what was on the back of their baseball card for the last year or two. Literally seven of your eight everyday position players you were asking for better performance than what you've gotten out of them in the last year or two. The only place you weren't asking that was Colton Wong at second, where you kind of knew what you were getting with the free agent acquisition. But think about it. You're asking Omar Narvaez behind the plate to be better. You're asking Keston Hira at first to be better. At shortstop, you're asking Urias, who eventually became Willie Adamas. You're looking for better offensive production from that position. At third base, you brought back Travis Shaw, which was a reclamation project. And all three of your outfield positions between Garcia, Kane, and Yelich in some way, shape, or form, 
you were asking them to bounce back from either down years or in Kane's in Kane's case, a year where he opted out of the COVID shortened season in twenty in twenty twenty. At seven of your eight everyday position players, you were asking guys to bounce back and have better years than what they had. And the crazy thing is, when this season started, I sat here and probably a lot of you went, well, if anybody's going to bounce back, it's Christian Yelich. And if anybody after that, it's Keston Hira. And guys, that hasn't really happened. That's the crazy thing about where this Brewers team is and where my expectations are and where my optimism is, which is just about just about level with where it was when this season started. Winning 86, 88 games and competing for a division championship in a weak division. But it's been Garcia who's actually who's actually bounced back. It's been Narvaez who's actually bounced back. It's been the acquisition of Willie Adamas and giving you much better play and actually some offensive production from the shortstop position. It was Vogel back there for a second before his hamstring. Now Luis Urias is starting to come around as basically your everyday third baseman. We'll see what Lorenzo Cain is when he comes back. You hope Jackie Bradley Jr. turns it around. But the crazy thing is that it's it's not Yelich and it's not Hira that that have have had the turnaround seasons that you almost assumed would happen. It was the guys with larger question marks looming over their heads. It's Omar Narvaez and Avi Garcia and Luis Urias. But I still don't think that this team hits its full potential because my base level expectation is at 86, 88 wins and competing for a weak division. I think if 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 you get things going with Yelich and some pop from one of those corner infield spots, now you're talking about doing a little bit more than that. Now you're talking about winning 90-plus games and actually making some noise in the playoffs. But right now, until I see that from Yelich and until I see that from the corner infield spots, I'm right where I was when this season started, but for in, 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 in a completely different way than I thought we'd get here. Are you more optimistic, less optimistic about this Brewers team on reopening day than you were on actual opening day. 414-799-1250. You can tweet the show at 1250 AM The Fan. It's Sparky's Midday Madness. Who is the crew starting today? Will Rami like the lineup? It's time for the starting lineups for today's game on The Rami Show. Brought to you by Jim Dandy's Pub and Grill on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Watch all the games on their multiple TVs and enjoy their steaks, fish fry, ribs, and seafood specials. Check them out at jimdandysgrill.com. Brewers and Rockies, it's reopening day out at American Family Field. Man, what a cool day for the city of Milwaukee. Like I said before, Sam, if you weren't working, would you do what I said I'd be doing if I wasn't working? Oh, and if I had any other job but this one, I would not be going into work. I'd I'd come up with a cough today. It'd be it'd be a day at the ballpark and then right over to the Deer District. Absolutely. I mean, there's tickets still available. We were looking as cheap as like twenty five bucks for Brewers reopening day and all that. What? Yeah, you got Milwaukee. What is Milwaukee there. doing today? I lo- oh, I there goes my voice. Here Cecil I thought Cooper's I was hundred percent. No, there are tickets available for both. Oh yeah. Well, I feel like the three ten start kind of you know, made things a little more available. Oh, come on. It's a, it's a, it's a Friday in summer. Call in sick. What are you doing? How is Miller, how is Miller Park? How is American Family Field not full right now? 
And I'm looking at it, and we're what? 15 minutes away from first pitch, 20 minutes away from first pitch, and it is it's empty, Sam. I'm I'm not one to call fans out. I defended fans at the Pfizer Forum in game one earlier in the show, but come on. Show up for your teams. We what need is some Brewers lust? Yeah, we need we definitely need some Brewers lust. By the way, people keep tweeting and asking me if I have Bucks lust, if I'm gonna I can't just play it the whole show, guys. You understand that, right? I can't just play Bucks Lust for four straight hours. I appreciate the passion you have for Eddie J. Lemberger and that smash hit, but everybody, everybody chill out just a little bit. I know I started some of this madness, but everybody just calm down. Every two minutes in my mentions, somebody's asking if I have the Bucks Lust or if I'm going to play Bucks Lust. Chill out. Chill out. There's going to be plenty of Bucks Lust throughout the afternoon, and especially when the Rami show starts at 3. This is not the Rami show. This is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM The Fan. And lineups for today's Brewers-Rockies game. Let's go through the visiting Rockies first. Actually, now who cares about the Rockies? Let's start with your Milwaukee Brewers and leading off and at second base will be Colton Wong. At third base, batting second, Luis Urias. Christian Yelich is in left field. He'll bat third. Cleaning up and in right field is Avi Garcia. Omar Narvaez behind the plate. He'll bat fifth, batting sixth to shortstop Willie Adamas. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field. He'll bat seventh, batting eighth at first base is Keston Hira. And on the mound and batting ninth for the Brewers today will be Corbin Burns. So that lineup for you again one more time quickly is Wong, Urias, Yelich, Garcia, Narvaez, Adamas, Bradley, Hira, and Corbin Burns. 414-799-1250. Tweet the show at 1250 AM The Fan asking you before the break, are you more optimistic or less optimistic about this baseball team than you were on actual opening day as we sit here on reopening day at American Family Field? I said I'm right where I'm at, but this is not how I thought we'd get here. And I, I, I don't know that I can feel better about this team and think they can do more than my base level expectation of 86, 88 wins and contending for a weak NL Central if I don't see Christian Yelich start hitting balls over fences and I don't start seeing some slug and some pop out of your corner infield spots. And Luis Urias has been, he's hes improved the production at third base since he's moved over there pretty much every day, but still not quite what you need from those corner infield spots and not what the Brewers thought they were going to get. But speaking of getting some more production offensively and maybe out of one of those corner infield spots, Sam Schmitz, other side of the glass. I know you're busy. Aren't you a big Trevor Story guy? Didn't you want Trevor Story in a, in a Brewers uniform? <sighs> I was. I was. Are you still hanging on to that dream? Because today, our guy Will Salmon from The Athletic, frequent guest, friend of the show, he got together with Nick Grokey? Grok? Grokey? I'm going to go with Grokey. Good he got time. together with Nick Grokey, who covers the Rockies for The Athletic, and the two of them played GM for their respective teams that they cover and worked out a Trevor story to the Brewers trade. And I have it for you right now, Sam Schmitz. You want to hear this? Yeah, but I just don't. Okay. Maybe I'll just, I'll save it for afterwards. No, no, go ahead. What's your concern? Because they, they talk, they go back and forth in the article about whether or not this makes sense. So I'm sure what you're going to say is addressed in the article. Just my main, my main thing is just coming in from an organizational standpoint, looking at it from Matt Arnold and David Stearns is like, since you got Adamus and Urias, like with all these guys that can play shortstop, not to mention like the Daniel Robertsons and Jace Petersons of the world and all that, it's just like, I don't see like why getting another guy who's almost a gold glove caliber shortstop, why you'd want to move him to like third base or something, especially when he's got a contract year coming up and he's going to be a free agent after this year. It's like, I think 
as much as I want Trevor Story even before the Adamas trades, I think we're just better off looking at third baseman or first baseman. It could potentially be a a rental. That that's that's the least attractive part about it to me. As far as his his the position that he plays, and I I, I made this mistake too when they signed Jackie Bradley Jr. Even though I, I I said they should sign Jackie Bradley Jr. before they actually made the signing, when they did it, I went. I saw what we all saw, which I called a log jam. And then Matt Arnold told me, well, what you call a log jam, we call depth here at the major league level. And you know what? I know Jackie Bradley Jr. has not been hitting the baseball, Sam, but he's saved them a lot of runs with that glove out there in center field in Lorenzo Cain's absence. And I don't think that we should... You need better offense from Jackie Bradley Jr. But don't don't dismiss or discount what that dude has done with the glove and and how smart a signing that was by by David Stearns and Matt Arnold at the time. But here's the thing too: it's like it's one thing to have depth in the outfield when you got guys like Kane, you know, Taylor, Avi, and you know JBJ and all that. But like with if you do, let's say you do make this story trade, it's like well now you got story Adamas, um, Vol- well not Vogelback obviously, but. How are you going to fit all those guys to play almost every day, especially when Urias is actually like starting to heat up on offense too? Sure. And but I think those guys need every day at bats too. Weren't we saying the same thing when they traded for Moustakis? And now and that guy was playing second base and they were in a shift well, every 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 other batter. I know, I'm just saying like in general having that conversation. We've we keep doing this with the Brewers and they they keep on pointing out guys, first of all, position isn't really that important in the modern game. And secondly, they just need bats. They just need bats. The, and Trevor Story is probably, let's see how the trade market shakes out, but Trevor Story is probably going to be the best bat on the market between now and the trade deadline. And he's already very much on the market. And this is the trade that that our guy Will Salmon and Ryan Grokey, who covers the, uh, excuse me, Nick Grokey, who covers the Rockies for the Athletic that they came up with between the two of them. A little haggling, a little wheel, wheeling and dealing, a little, little uh, bargaining. So Trevor Story is coming to Milwaukee and headed back to the Rockies will be three prospects, infielder David Hamilton, outfielder Corey Ray, and I know you're all going, yeah, I'm do this in a heartbeat. This this is where I think a lot of Brewers fans take pause. You're giving up your number four overall prospect and left-handed pitcher, Ethan Small. I was ready to do that even before the Adamas trade. Boom. So it's I'm, a done deal, right? My thing with the prospects is, is as great as Garrett Mitchell, Ethan Small, and you know, Aaron Ashby, whoever Brewer fans want to throw out there, it's like, okay, but how are they gonna help Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and Corbin Burns this year? Right. Exactly. So I'm ready to, I'm I'm okay with giving those guys up to help out this pitching staff. This window is is wide open, guys. This window is wide I know you might they're they're not a dominant baseball team right now, but I'm telling you when you have pitching like the Brewers have right now, starting pitching and and the back end of that bullpen, when you have that going, your window is as wide open as it can be because the major league playoffs are as random, if not more random, than any professional sports postseason. And what pitching does is it takes a lot of that randomness out of the equation. And you don't want to waste this window while it's open. This year, next year, and maybe one more year after that, you need to push whatever chips you can to the center of the table. And that's probably going to mean sacrificing some of the future. I know I've heard Sparky in this very time slot saying he doesn't want to trade Ethan Small. I, I can't stand prospect hoarders. 
It's time to win. That there is you you probably won't get a better shot than this to to have a a window where you can win a World Series. What are you hoarding prospects for? And not to mention the Brewers a at the major league level and with a few prospects at the minor league level, Aaron Ashby working to join the bullpen here soon, they have sort of an abundance and a plethora of pitching. And on top of that, I've read a lot about how the Brewers are are one of the teams that is the envy of Major League Baseball in terms of developing pitching and increasing guys' velocity and spin rate, the way that they did with 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 or or just getting the most out of them through their pitch mix. Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta are completely different pitchers than they were a few years ago. Even Brandon Woodruff, to a degree, is a different pitcher than he was just a few years ago. I have a lot of faith in the Brewers to 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 develop, to, to find and develop their own pitching. They need offense, and like I said, they need to strike now while the window is open. Well, I asked Tim today, too. I'm like, do we think Freddie's going to make the All-Star team? I mean, like, he really should if you look at his numbers and everything. I mean, so you're talking about three all-star pitchers. And on top of the you know starting rotation, you also have those you know, great arms and Josh Hader and Devin Williams. So, I mean, the thing is, too, with all these prospects is that look at Keston Hero. These guys can be as great as they can be advertised in the minor leagues and all mm-hmm. that, but is it going to translate into once they get up to the show? I mean, it's a whole different game. I mean, Keston Hero can hit 400 down in AAA, but we've seen is that it's a struggle to adapt to the major league game and all that. So that's the thing is like these guys can look amazing, but you just never know until they're actually here. Yeah, you know what you're getting in Trevor's story. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ethan Small looks real good. We, Sam is right. We don't know what he's going to look like at the major league level. I'd throw Luis Urias in the deal if that sweetened the pot a little bit. That that's that's a young shortstop, and he's a guy who was a what a top twenty prospect in this league just a couple of years ago. That's a young, controllable asset. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.